Hi, I'm Aaron Palabiab. I'm a filmmaker and photographer, and I'm your main host on Escape Stories from the Road. And I'm Cheska Letancalao. I am a host, sports broadcaster, and podcaster. Join me and our guest hosts on this journey of adventure, self-discovery, and many more in the backdrop of the colorful and magical islands of the, the Philippines. Philippines. Join us on this Escape Stories, Stories from, from the, the Road, presented by the Department of Tourism. Hey, Cheska, what's your favorite eating destination? Everywhere. <laughs> okay, no. This, this is going to be a struggle to answer, but off the top of my mind, take me to Adampa, and I will be the happiest person in the world. Today, we're going to talk about the shortest distance that food can travel. Shorter than the distance from the plate to my mouth? <laughs> We're talking farm-to-table, Cheska. I love that. Our guests are going to talk about sustainability, supporting farmers themselves, and discovering what we can do as travelers to help them succeed. Joining us are DOT Secretary Berna Romulo Puyat, whose mission is to connect food, farming, and tourism. We also have sisters Nika and Nisha Aliser of Kalipayan Natural Farm who are doing exactly that farming, tourism, and healthy eats all in one place. First up, we talk with Secretary Berna, who thinks we should rethink saying mabuhay as our customary welcome and replace it with kain na or let's eat. It was funny during the last WTTC Global Summit, our foreigners, they were teasing us na it's only down in the Philippines that we're having breakfast and we're already talking about lunch. It's really our love language. That's why kain now. A lot of people travel for food. And then, syempre, di ba, a tourist naman when they come to the country, kakain naman siya. So, it really makes sense. Secretary Berna truly walks the talk as tourism secretary, promoting the Philippines wherever she goes. Hi, I'm Berna Romulo Puyat. I served three presidents. So, I started with President Gloria Macapagal-Arroyo and then President uh, uh, Pinoy and then I was still an undersecretary under President Duterte and then he appointed me as DOD secretary 2018. She thought her life was set as a UP economics professor because it gave her time to raise her kids. My dream was always to become a mom and a housewife. But it seems that for some reason I kept being offered to work in the government. She accepted the challenge to join the Housing and Urban Development Coordinating Council and worked at the National Economic Development Authority and then became a Deputy Cabinet Secretary in the Arroyo Administration. And that's when I was offered uh, the USEC position at the DA. I remember telling then Secretary Arthur Yap, I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know the price of mangoes. And then I remember him saying was, Try it out first. If you don't like it, then you can just go back to teaching. So, ironically, I stayed for 12 years, three presidents. It was during her stint at the Department of Agriculture that she realized the backbreaking work that comes with farming and that the backbone of the industry is actually women. She recalls immersing with farmers in Cordillera under the hot sun. I remember there was a time we would walk one hour to rice terraces just to get to the place where we were going to plant. Um, and then there were all women. 90% of the farmers there are actually women. And then if you look at all the other crops, the ones that would um, um, sort the bad, from bad coffee beans from the good coffee beans are all women. 
even strawberry picking it's all women kasi it has to be very um, precise when you when you harvest it's really women who call the shots The Cordilleras are a culturally rich region characterized by spindly mountains shaped into bountiful rice terraces and vegetable farms. The most famous of which is the Banaue Rice Terraces, sometimes dubbed the eighth wonder of the world. I remember one time I asked Chef Margarita Forrest to join me in planting rice. After we were planting rice, she started to cry because she said, "Wow, we take food for granted. We take our farmers for granted. But sometimes so much food goes to waste. And to be able to experience how hard it is to plant, and you don't want anything to go to waste." Imagine, kami ni Gaita, we were only planting for 30 minutes. Hirap na hirap kami because it's under the sun and then you walk through the mud. Ha? Parang, it's the most difficult thing. But, you know, it's nice that Paul uh, experience it so that they value the farmer, the produce. This was the mindset she took with her when President Duterte asked her to take the helm of the DOT. With uh, when I was with the Department of Agriculture, I would always tell myself, "Ganda-ganda talaga ng Pilipinas." Because in every region that you go to, iba-iba yung lasa because it depends on what ingredient is available. But each each province has its own distinct dish that they themselves can only make. My job with the Department of Agriculture was just expanded when I be- when I became the DOT secretary. It was not only the food that I was promoting, but the whole destination as well. In some ways, it was a natural extension of her role in agriculture. Yeah, looking back, no, parang that's that, that's my path, palatalaga, for far tourism. I was teaching people that I felt like a tour guide because everybody wanted to accompany me. Because, example, I would post pictures of a farm of me harvesting and then people the people you would not think who would want to travel were asking me if they could travel with me and then I noticed also all the chefs they needed to harvest themselves again so that they value the produce more and there's a story to tell na oh I got this from this farmer etc so every time you you order a dish from their restaurant it actually helps all our farmers Some say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. In a way, that's kind of the DOT's strategy under Secretary Berna. In our webpage now, where you can go, when you talk about, let's say, Pansit, in Isabela, they have the Pansit Kabagan. Isabela is known as the Queen Province of the North because it was named after Queen Isabella II of Spain. And it does reign over the northeast of Luzon with the Sierra Madre mountain range on its eastern flank covered by thick, unexplored forests. And beyond it, the Philippine Sea. To get to Isabela, you could ride a bus for about 10 hours or take a plane to Tugegarao and get a taxi to Isabela proper. But don't rush. When you go beside Isabela, there's Tugegarao. They have the batil patong, which is also a noodle dish. But they used to use carabaos eat on top. Or you also have the pancit habhab, pancit gisado. So in every region that you go to, they have their own kind of pancit. You go to each place, iba-iba yung lechon, iba-iba yung suman, iba-iba yung longganisa, di ba? Talagang, honestly, I mean, everywhere I go, I eat. But talagang, it's just really the tip of the iceberg. There's so much I have not tasted. You know, it does make sense to promote the country as a foodie destination because whether locals or foreigners, there's so much yet to discover in the culinary landscape of the Philippines. Plus, everything is served with a smile. 
it's so easy to promote the country. Hindi siya hard sell. Nobody can beat the Filipinos when when it comes to hospitality. We recently had this WTTC Global Summit and a lot of them, maybe more than half, it was the first time for them to visit the Philippines. And they were shocked at how beautiful the country is and how friendly the people were. They were it's really innate in us and honestly Um, although we still have the best pizzas, the best mangoes, the best food for me, nobody ka talaga can beat the Filipino hospitality. But it wasn't all smooth sailing from the beginning. In fact, Sek Berna had a crisis on her hands on her first day at work. Boracay was closed. Boracay was closed April 26. I was appointed May 8. Boracay is the number one destination for beach lovers in the Philippines because of its powdery white sand. The island used to be an unspoiled piece of paradise until it became more popular than it could sustain. Flights and boat rides bore more and more people until the water and sand turned green. Boracay was closed because it was so dirty. The coliform level was at 1 million. The normal level is 100. And the president only agreed for us to reopen it when the water level was way below 100. So when we reopened it, it was 15. At least that's really a legacy of the president. He had the political will close the top tourist destination so that the environment could heal and so that we could you know, implement environmental laws. We even received the Japan Tourism Award. For sustainability, and we've never had that before. And now visitors can enjoy the white powdery sand of Boracay and the best chori burger in the country, knowing that the beach will be well preserved for future generations. Ooh, the chori burger. Okay, I think we need to let people know exactly what a chori burger is in case they're missing out. It's chorizo with a little lettuce and banana ketchup. It's really good. And for some reason, it's better when you're eating it in Boracay. Just recently, we had a group of foreigners, again, first time here from the WTTC. They went on a food crawl around Boracay. Beautiful beach, etc. But food so much. Ang sarap ng pagkain sa Boracay. Like, honestly, for me, the best chori burger is in Boracay. So, and it actually, the chori burger started in Boracay. Actually, even naman in Baguio. Wow. Ang ganda ng food scene. In fact, sa Asia's 50 Best, um, Farmer's Daughter, it's a restaurant, was named by Asia's 50 Best. It's Cordilleran food, but it's just really, the ingredients are so clean. It's really delicious. But yung problema mo lang, um, there's a long line, puro locals eh. You know that when a restaurant is frequented by locals, it's the real deal. That's true. And if you want to visit, the restaurant is a rustic little nipa hut located near Tamawan Village with a huge agave plant in front, just a jeepney ride away from Baguio proper. Meanwhile, Baguio is a bus ride away from Manila. Taking the overnight bus is the best. That way, when you open your eyes, it's time for breakfast. I probably went at 10 in the morning because they don't accept reservations. That's how they always kapuno. It's so nice that our cuisine is really... People travel because of the cuisine. And you know, if you do go for the food anyway, don't miss Tamawan. It's a museum space for Baguio artists and you could stay overnight in one of the local huts. Pre-pandemic, I could say that there was like a small niche that wanted uh, farm tourism. But um, ironically, it was the pandemic that made it more popular. They wanted open air, open space. And siyempre, when, you, when you're harvesting or planting, that, that's what it is. And they wanted more meaningful experience. It's a nice experience that you can look back to na 
um, na, na, not only are you able to help the farmers, but diba, it's a good experience you can do with family and friends. And Philippines is an agriculture country. So really, it's, it's good to know that um, where our food comes from. It's a holistic approach to economic recovery that helps uplift three industries at the same time, farming, food services, and tourism. That is super inspiring. And to think we're not even sacrificing a lot or giving them a handout. We are supporting an industry for its own merits and enjoying good food along the way. Yes, but there's also one more benefit from farm tourism that I think is just as important. And what's that? We talked about regenerative tourism, that you leave the place better than it was before. Meaning, when there's tourism in a place, it should improve the lives of the people there. The host community's uh, livelihood should improve, but lalo na the indigenous tribes. Kasi a lot of, di ba, um, hindi lang yung biglang mayayaman na pumasok tapos sila yung kumikita. And you have to protect the environment because you have to protect it for the future, the future generations. In the beginning, Secretary Berna wanted a more low-profile life as a mom. But I think in the end, she still got her wish. Because by being an advocate of Filipino food, farmers, and tourism, she'll leave behind a legacy as the mother of agritourism in the Philippines. Well, I'm quite happy that now farm tourism or agritourism is getting the importance that it deserves. It's one of our 10 tourism products because it's not only to highlight how delicious and how great our produce is, but it also added income to our farmers. So I'm quite happy. It's not a fad, but it is indeed a tourism product that people, especially in the pandemic, are looking for. Because of her efforts, more countries have embraced Filipino food, and now there's a growing interest in farm tourism too as the country tries to recover from the pandemic. And the thing with Filipino culture, it is so intertwined with food. Provinces, towns, down to the way our own families cook certain dishes. We take so much pride in our food. And the most beautiful thing for me is we always share. Even if you're walking past, let's say, a security guard on his lunch break. He's eating food that he brought from home. He will immediately offer it to you and say, kain tayo. And I love that about our culture. You know, I got goosebumps when you mentioned that part when you said kain tayo because that is so true. Totoo talaga yun. It is such a simple but beautiful part of our culture that laging yung tanong sa'yo kapag oras ng kainan, kain tayo. And it speaks volumes about exactly what you said about our desire to share, our love for each other, I think, as a community. Yes, and you know what Secretary Berna said was also quite true about the pandemic, leaving us wanting to be closer to the earth and wanting to eat more mindfully. And there are really success stories of farm-to-table restaurants that boomed because of the mental and emotional effects of being in lockdown. Yeah, alam mo, especially during the pandemic, ang daming nag-inquire actually ngayon. Mostly every day, tinatanong na nila ako kung may walk-in ba kami. Kasi hindi pa kami nakaset up for walk-in restaurant eh. Uh, we're mostly three to four days in advance reservation. Kasi nga, it's like a tour, no? Na parang whole, parang mga three to four hours siya na activity for you and your family. That was Nicole. She's one of a growing number of business owners who are getting a taste of success by putting up an agri-tourism venture. I'm Nicole Alistair, now 
Kazemi, founder of Kalipayan Farms. But I'm also a development worker, working on different projects from economic governance, judicial reform, also automation and technology. No? And this is her sister, Nisha Aliser, who's a financial researcher and consultant. We ended up setting up a vegetable retail produce company during the pandemic. We specifically focused on fair trade, particularly by reducing food miles and hopefully uh, affecting you know, fresher produce and more affordable produce. Nicole and Nisha are just two of the owners of Kalipaya Natural Farm in Pulilan, Bulacan. Bulacan's not so far from Manila, and it's quite urbanized, so you won't feel like you're in the countryside. But once you get to Kalipayan, it's like stepping into an Amor Solo painting. Here's Nicole again. My brother is our corp secretary because he's a lawyer. I have another brother who is our treasurer because he's a financial analyst by profession. And I have two siblings that are in project management and real estate. So, so together, um, we are our own professionals. Kalipayan is an oasis where people can feel what it's like to live in a farm not too far from the city. Our mission is really to share these best practices for the next generations to come. No? And we really wanted families, students, senior citizens to, to be the first people to, to be aware of it. But the most important is that you go through it yourself. So, so our tour would be really a day in the life of a farmer. So in the morning time, they really wake up to have their pandesal, you know, they have their um, breakfast before they actually start work. After having their morning pandesal, the guests are shown a mural that explains the natural practices of the farm. Because they also share with us, like, uh, why are they there? Either there's an idol farm, or parang gusto nila ng magstart ng mag healthier lifestyle. Tapos yung mga schools naman, wala kasi silang place kung saan nagpa-practical application ng agriculture. So we partnered with Immaculate Conception of Baliwag para act, and then magaharvest kami together. Guests can pick vegetables from the field themselves. It is these vegetables surrounding the restaurant that will grace their tables afterward. We have the calabasa, the eggplant, the tomato, the solanaceous plants, the chili pepper. So we had this um, beautiful vegetable production. And guess what? We oversupply So imagine mo, we had a vegetable field and then we put up a table there. We cooked some dynamite chilies. So people would harvest right there. And so actually we also create events to help us harvest. Because, you know, when you have a, like maybe a thousand to three thousand square meter of vegetable, madami-dami na siya. After nila mag-harvest, and then after we cook, we serve it all, and then we explain, no, the, the dishes that they uh, had. And then, may pahinga pa yan, ganyan. So, may, sa Kalipayan, may mga duyan kami, no? So, may parang time of rest talaga. So, so the person who actually built our structure there is a arts and culture advocate. He created a structure for us using upcycled materials from old Bulacan houses and old railroad tracks from Tutuban. So we have this whole story that we used the parang stilts. So meron, meron siyang naka-elevate siya. We used hollow blocks made of plastic. No? Kasi in our town, we were able to really enliven yung civil society. So they made their own parang business that they convert trash into hollow blocks. So ang dream ko is when people come there, they feel the life of the 1950s Philippines, but with modern twists. Imagine a full palayan and then there's just a beautiful restaurant in the center of it all. I mean, how can you be sad in life if you see that kind of view? <laughs>
Another reason why the table at Kalipayan is so alive is their mission to revive heirloom crops. So beans is a concept that has been lost through the ages. Parang dalala ng tao pork and beans for some reason. But oh my God, we have so many variety colors of beans, no? So apart from bongo, so which is a, a staple, is we have we have black, we have red, we have white, we have kadios, and there's this beautiful one called a fragrant bean, which is actually purple in color. And every plate is an edible masterpiece. So we also make the different kinds of like mga kakanin. So we make palitao. So from the rice that we have, we actually um, have pink, have red, have black, and brown. So we've been growing this for seven years already. Um, across the, the four natural farmers that are in Poliland, they grow it and then we work together to to process it. no. And then we even put different colors. Like, did you know you can use butterfly pea or those blue flowers that you see? You can put that and cook your food with it. If you want it to be yellow, you can get turmeric. Um, so, so you can play around with natural food coloring or even pandan to make it green and have that fragrant smell. So when you come to Kalipayan, you'll see that your table setting is very colorful. Um, that is the biodiversity of the food. I think it's amazing that they're paying attention to all these things down to the color of the food. So I would love to know what kind of food do they serve? They experiment all the time with what's available so it can change at any time. It's also mainly vegetarian with some pescatarian dishes. You know, even their fish is sourced locally by fisherfolk from the nearby Angat River. They also have veggie burgers made from banana blossoms or puso ng saging. Can you imagine? And non-dairy-based soups like cream of mushroom, which converted their picky mom into a believer. And you know, one of the best compliments I've ever had with one of our senior citizens that came was that dila daw siya kakain ng fast food, ang sarap daw ng food. So sabi ko, there's something, you know, 50% of the flavor that you eat is actually coming from the freshness and also how it's grown. Nisha believes one of the reasons the food is so good is because the ingredients didn't ripen on the way from the farm to the supermarket to the kitchen. We can actually pick our food at the peak of, of, of freshness and it can get to you with the most nutritious benefits. Um, at the same time, vegetables really become very expensive towards the latter end of the year and traders can take advantage of this. And there's a lot of really um, wasted produce from our farmers. They don't know how to process it or they're not able to process it or not able to find a market so they don't process it because they compete with imported goods. They are passionate about knowing where their food comes from because they grew up in the city, like a lot of us, where everything is bought in cold, sterile conditions. And like Secretary Berna, engaging with farmers opened Nicole's eyes to the reality of farming while she was finishing her master's degree. After namin magbakas or mag magcut ng rice, no, and then we would be under the bahay kubo, and then we would eat together, but we would not eat the best produce, and then that's when they would tell their stories. So, so that really opened my mind, and from then on, it started my work with the local government of Pulilan Bulacan to discover this farming environment. That's why Kalipayan's mission from the get-go was not only to have an organic farm-to-table experience, their healthy food philosophy included the well-being of their stakeholders, the farmers themselves. 
karamihan sa mga nagkakaroon ng high mortality rates sa bayan ng Kunilan was actually farmers. 70% of the population in the town are farmers. So we decided now I think it's time for us to to discover an alternative way to grow our plants no so the farmers also that worked with us they would get sick constantly no but they were so happy when they were working together with us that they really didn't get sick much so one farm is now the regional parang hub for education si Kuya Eman and now he's already teaching more farmers he already has his own mill UST already contributed to him also so parang meron na siyang integrated farm doon so isa namang farmer convert niya yung lupa niya from conventional to now natural farm agri heritage site na siya ngayon tapos ang dream naman niya kasi is magkaroon siya ng old parang rehabilitated na mga bulakan houses inside his farm yeah and so so you can visit that also they their lives have changed in a way that it's more holistic parang mas ano siya sustainable and most importantly healthy it's amazing that kalipayan success story is also the farmer success story too of course that goes hand in hand with taking care of the land and the health of the farmers who help us get food on our plates. This in turn helps local tourism and affects the lives of the town's residents in surprising ways. Actually, when we began this, tourism in our town is not as frequent, no? Because although we're known for the kneeling tarabao during festivals, but it wouldn't be a regular thing all year round, no? But now with what we started, the four natural farmers are now more active in in what they're doing. And, and so definitely we've seen that there's a lot of traction and there's a lot of market that wants to visit, especially now that pandemic is has lifted all these lockdowns. Most people really want to be in outdoors and in farms. So if you go back to Bulacan now, pre and post, marami na nagtatanim sa garden nila. Kasi dati, uh, wala na nagtatanim. No? Ngayon, meron na silang mga konti-konting tanim ng mga herbs at vegetables. So I would say that Kalipayan as a uh, or like as a company there is 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 still a, a small but I feel na it's it's creating a change in in how people see um, food you know and it's a business model that worked surprisingly well even during the pandemic. So I would have inquiries talaga like maybe every weekend no so that would be like four times in a month that we would have like 10 to 15 participants and then because the students also were there to come no parang field trip nila like imagine 80 students at a time no and then we were lucky also to be tapped by travel agencies to partner together and then still have a coaster of people to come over And every busload of visitors is a chance to open the minds of more people into their utopian idea of living healthy through sustainable farming and creating symbiotic communities. I think we've been able to sort of convert many people to to start eating uh, vegetables because after ng trip nila doon, binibigyan namin sila ng recipes then that they can try to do at home para para ma-continue nila kasi at the end of the day it's really the access and the practice of and you know to be able to do it by now the siblings have helped more disadvantaged communities like Payatas to be self-sufficient in case of another food crisis by teaching them urban farming methods and they continue to do research on how to help underserved communities So we believe that culture and agriculture they're really tied together in our history 
and it's a matter of making it more fun. I think this is the kind of business that we need to pursue in the future as we face more problems with our environment and it's really admirable. I find it amazing too that even though Nicole's background is in automation technology and Nisha's is in stock markets, that they discovered a deeper passion in working with farmers and using their skills to help the marginalized, all while promoting homegrown food and sustainability. Yeah, in fact, I think they learned just as much from the farmers and what Nicole and Nisha have done their journey. You know, it's not so different from Secretary Berna's journey from mom to reluctant public servant. As the DOT secretary, she left her comfort zone and discovered her passion for promoting Filipino food and farming. And as we see the effects of global warming and continue to be affected by wars being waged half a world away, I think this was a good moment to reflect on really, really, in a very literal way, how connected we all are and how dependent we are on each other's successes. Yeah, we can't keep looking out for number one anymore. And that's why I'm so glad that more and more attention is given to projects like these. Let's be real here. The pandemic blindsided us all. But we also need to remember that while we are all in the same storm, we are not all in the same boat. So now, we help how we can, and it can be as simple as seeking out destinations like Kalipayan and Farmer's Daughter, which do not only serve good food, they help the local communities too. Well, that's it for this episode. Our thanks to DOT Secretary Berna Romulo Puyat. And Nicole and Nisha Alisser of Kalipayan Natural Farm. Escape Stories from the Road is produced by the Department of Tourism, Philippines. Also, check out 7641, the DOT's digital magazine, for more episodes. And please like and follow the Department of Tourism Philippines for your next travel goals. Check out the show notes for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Tourism Philippines handles. And follow Anima Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Checklit and Facebook, Cheska Litton, C-E-S-C-A-L-I-T-T-O-N. And where can they find you, Aaron? I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Aaron Palabiab, double A-R-O-N-P-A-L-A-B-Y-A-B. And if you want to see my own adventures on the road, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Aaron Palabiab Studio. This episode features Cordillera, Tamawan Village, Boracay, and Pulilan, Bulacan. To see the official websites of these destinations, check out the description box. See you on the road. This has been Escape Stories from the Road, brought to you by the Department of Tourism. Bye! Bye.